Well, hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Football Gander. I'm Ed McIntyre. Please say I'm joined by Kevin Cobbley and Will Hopper. How are you guys? Yeah, I'm alright, pal. How are you? Alright, not bad, mate. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Alright, good. And well, for the next half an hour, we'll be focusing on what we feel are the big stories concerning Yorkshire football teams, all the way from the Premier League right down to the National League. But before we begin, I feel as though, on behalf of us three here, uh, we need to send our thoughts and prayers to all the family and friends and everyone associated with Leicester City Football Club after the tragic helicopter crash outside the King Power Stadium on Saturday evening. Uh, it killed five people, including the Leicester City Football Club chairman and owner. So, uh, thoughts are with you at this difficult time. Also, our best wishes to Glenn Hoddle, who has been rushed into hospital after a heart attack. Uh, we understand that he is out of intensive care now, but uh, all the best to, uh, to him. Uh, but let's crack on, shall we? Uh, we'll start with the uh, Premier League and work our way down. And, of course, only one Yorkshire side in the Premiership, and that is Huddersfield Town. And, well, the bottom of the league, still without a win after 10 games and a 3-0 loss to Watford last Saturday, made it five losses in their last six games. It's not looking good for them, is it, lads? Oh, they're, they're having a rough time, aren't they? Um, I don't, they've had some tough fixtures to start off the season. There's no doubt they've had Chelsea and Man City already. So... Um, I think they can only go up from here. I think this is rock bottom for them. I think they still have to play Cardiff, Fulham, um, which are teams they should all be taking points from. So it could get better, but I don't see them you know, getting out of relegation. I, I agree, but I don't think it will get any better. I, I can't see them picking up points against the teams that they should. I just think, I, didn't, I don't think they spent well in the transfer window. I mean, I think goals have been a real problem for them. And yeah. who, like, let's be honest, on Huddersfield's budget, who are they going to be able to bring in in January that's going to get them the goals to stay up? Yeah, exactly. I can't, I can't They're going to have to try and use an abuse loan system, I think, aren't they? Yeah, and I always see it as well, like your second season in the Premier League is you know the one that makes you. Your first season in the Premier League, I think you know you, you will survive, um, albeit you, know, you could struggle, but I think your second season is the season that makes a break, whether you'll be in the Premier League for the long term or the short term. Uh, but it's not looking good for them at all. Um, but we'll move on, going down into the Championship, and two sides in the automatic places are both Yorkshire sides, which is incredible. Uh, we'll start with the top side in the division, which is Sheffield United. They're top on 29 points, two points clear above second place Leeds United. And they're in great form at the moment, aren't they? Since losing against Bristol City in early September, they've played eight and only lost once, and that was against Derby. And Derby, they really are in great form, aren't they? So uh, five wins and two draws in those eight games. One of those wins came in their last game where they beat Wigan 4-2 at Bramall Lane. They're a team to beat at the moment, aren't they? Oh, yeah, they uh, they are just rocking the division. Um you know, 2-1 against Derby, that's, you know, that's a, it's a loss, but Derby got one of these teams that could be threatening for the title at the end. Um, they sort of bounced back as well. They had two losses at the start of the season as well, so they've they bounced back really well from that. I think we have to talk about the, just the job that Chris Wilder's done there in general because when they were in League One, they, they just couldn't, they couldn't get out of it. Like They were always there or thereabouts, but they couldn't get out of it. And then he came in, he got them out of the League One, and then last season they had a good season, and now to be to be top of the championship in what is arguably the the toughest division in English football, I think the job he's just done there is is amazing, really. Yeah, it really is incredible, and <clears throat> you know, the, last season they were top of the league at one point, but then fell off. But this season they look like they're gonna gonna maintain their form, don't they? Well, I mean, anything can happen in the championship, can't they? I mean, you look at the teams there, and it is so tight at the top. I mean, there's there's what there's four points separating the top six. Like yeah, it's, it's incredible. You, you lose one week, you could go down to fifth. Like it's it is that that tight. Yeah. It's also worth bearing in mind that underneath Sheffield United, Middlesbrough beat them three nil. Um, so they still got to play Middlesbrough again this season. 
also they've lost to Derby who are below them as well they've still got to play Leeds United twice so you know it might not be looking so rosy for them at the end of the season yeah but they're definitely in great form now but it is like Will's saying it is so tight so it'll be interesting to see if uh, Sheffield United uh, can stay at the top of the table for the next uh, few weeks especially at Christmas as well I think judging by then it's uh, shows you how your season is going to pan out. Uh, well, Kieran, you've been speaking to a guy who knows a lot about Sheffield United recently, haven't you? Yeah, so I recently spoke to Danny Hall. He's a uh, Sheffield United reporter for the Sheffield Star. He's also just uh, published a book uh, called He's One of Our Own. That's all about the story of Chris Wilder comes to Sheffield United and the job he's done. Yeah, so I um, spoke to him the other week. Well, I think it's been a, it's been a great start. I mean, Chris has said quite a few times since he went off the table, you know, people in the media have asked him what's it like to be top. Uh, and I suppose... His answer is much rather be top than bottom yeah. <laughs> at this stage of the season. But you know he's not getting too too carried away. I don't think uh, you know it's only been it's been 12 games of the season so far. So there's still a hell of a long way to go. Um, probably the most interesting thing for me is the fact that they started the season with with two defeats uh, to the bottom of the table after a couple of games. Uh, they lost on the opening day to Swansea. They're quite unlucky to lose that, uh, and then they were completely outclassed by Middlesbrough in the first. 30 or 35 minutes where they lost, lost 3 0 at Riverside. So, yeah. Trying to come back from that yeah. uh, so impressively. Yeah, so you touched on the losses there just briefly. Um, that two-one loss to Swans, that three-nil loss to Borough, where they just got absolutely, uh, you know, absolutely smashed at the Riverside. Did you ever think they'd get to this point in the season where they'd be, you know, they would be at the top of the table? Um, probably being honest, no. I never thought that they'd struggle uh, because you know, if you, you, when you know kind of the, the ins and outs of the club and the characters in there, you know, they were too good to struggle. I think, but I think, <laughs> being honest, to be top of the table after this, after this stage of the season, above some of the teams that they're above. Uh, it's probably a little bit above what most people would have would have expected. I think yeah. uh, that's not to, that's not any reflection on the quality of the team, or the quality of the United team. So that's more the reflection on the strength of the division in terms of you know the budget that, that Chris has got is probably you know bottom eight. So to be top of it, you know, shows that it's obviously doing something right. Yeah. Do you think uh, Wilder and the Blades need to be a bit wary though the table? Obviously, they're only a, a few points above Borough, who smashed them through nil. So do you think that's you know going to be in the back of their minds a little bit? Possibly, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think, again, knowing the makeup of the squad, they're just really enjoying the season, I think. You know, like I say, you'd much rather be where they are than 23 other teams in the division. So, you know, Borough are a, a really good team. But, you know, I think United beat them last season. Near the end of the season, I think it might have been a draw. I can't remember, but they played really well against them. Uh, and they just go, into, just go into games really not fearing them. You know, they don't really look at the kind of the, uh, the badge on the shirt or anything like that. You yeah. know, they, they see these teams like Villa you know, for West Brom or whatever, and they just think, all right, let's have a go. And you saw that when Aston Villa came to Bramall Lane and they smashed them 4-1. So <laughs> I don't think they, they pay much uh, they pay much heed to reputations. You know, they respect these teams yeah. and they know what they can do. But they think at the end of the day, let's put them under some pressure and see what they can do. So that'll be the same when they play Borough. That'll be the same when they play Leeds, everyone like that. Yeah. I think they'll be really good games. And so finally, your thoughts on uh, Chris Wilder. Obviously, we know you just wrote the book about him. Um, do you think like, he'd be the first guy since Neil Warnock to get him back to the Premier League if he did? But do you think he can do it? Yeah, definitely, absolutely. I mean, you know, he's, uh, look at this, this stage of the season, the top of the league. So you can't say that you know they've got no chance of promotion. Um, the only problem, the only slight worry for me would possibly be the depth of the squad in terms of I think they've got four recognised, experienced senior strikers. Obviously, David McGoldrick and Billy Sharp have carried a lot of the uh, the work in the early season. Um, they'll inevitably have spells where they stop scoring because that's just how football works 
and then uh, it'll rest on, on Leon Clark and Connor Washington to come in and hopefully pick up where they've left off. Um, you look at the January transfer window when teams like Villa, probably West Brom, Nottingham Forest, teams like that will splash the cash a little bit and I hope to, uh, to try and catch up with United. They probably won't be in a position to do that themselves. Uh, so that'll be an interesting interesting time. But, you know, if they're still in touch with the top two in January, then uh, I think they'll, they'll be happy with that. Certainly will be happy. I always say, as uh, judging by where you are at January time, it will tell you how the rest of your season uh, will pan out. But let's now uh, move on to second place, Leeds United. Second place only on goal difference to share. The same amount of points, 27 points with uh, Middlesbrough and Norwich City. Middlesbrough, of course, another Yorkshire side, if you see it that way. Um, it's been an excellent uh, opening three months for Leeds United, hasn't it? And they really are playing some fantastic football under uh, new manager Marcelo Bielsa. And to back me up on this, I spoke to Andrew Stolton, freelancer for Leeds United, and the author of a few Leeds United books, such as Leeds United All White. And he told me just how impressed he's been with the Whites this season. I think it's been a different brand of football that we're kind of not used to. If you, you turn the clock back a couple of years when uh, Gary Monk came and he, he kind of set up the club down and played some really nice football but we're very light on Chris Ward. This season, Bielsa's come in, and I think he's changed the ethos of the club. I think he's changed the mentality of the club. I think he's meticulous in his planning. Um, some of the football has been literally sensational. The, the games that spring to mind, Stoke at home, when we demolished them 3-1 on day one, Derby away, we didn't have a great record at Derby. We went there and we murdered them, in all honesty, and it could be more than four. And Norwich City away when I thought we were fantastic. And some of the stuff that he's got doing is, is brilliant with a squad that, obviously finished 13th last season there's not been too many changes from last season apart from probably Matthias Blake uh, and Jack Harrison coming in Barry Douglas as well so yeah whatever Bielsa's feeding him is brilliant and some of the football is, is superb Yeah Marcelo Bielsa really does seem to have had a big impact at Leeds United just what do you make of the influence that he has had at the club? I think whatever he's done he, he, he's superb he's come with a fantastic track record as managing Argentina Lille and, and, and all over the place as well and what he's done at the club, I know it's only 14 games in and there's a lot of football to play, there's 32 games to be played yet, which is 96 points, and I was getting too carried away. But whatever he has done at the club so far is, is simply uh, fantastic. And as I said, the football on show has, has been out of this world at times. And, and he, he's just changing every little thing. He, he gets frustrated at himself, he blames himself. Uh, when Leeds get beat, like I did at Blackburn, uh, and I did at home to Birmingham. So, yeah, at the moment it's all very positive and the key for me now is to try and push on uh, up until the Christmas period and try and jump in January and, and really go for it second half of the, uh, this season. Yeah, he really has got on playing some fantastic stuff. High pressing, high intensity, attacking football. But we saw this last season with Leeds United. They were top of the table but fell off and ended up finishing mid-table. But do you think that they will be able to maintain it this season? I, I certainly think they've got a chance. Uh, I never want to, to count my chickens. We've been here... Last couple of seasons, certainly under Monk, when we were playoffs up until the last month of the season, when uh, over sort of the April time we went to Reading and Brentford, got beat, and the 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 season kind of fell to pieces. Last season, uh, we were in there at Christmas, had two horrible runs under Thomas Christensen uh, last season, and the whole season fell to pieces in January. <coughs> this year, however, I think it's a different kettle of fish. I think with a manager like Bielsa, I don't think he'll the strong standards drop. Whether we maintain or not, it may to be seen. I think we've got a chance. I think I'm not going to stick my neck on, on the line and say Leeds are going to win promotion because I've done that in the past and got egg over my face. I certainly think they've got an opportunity here. I don't think the league's that great. We've seen the results over the last week or so. 
sitting with Rotherham going to Middlesbrough Derby going to West Brom Norwich beating Aston Villa so I think we've got an opportunity to, to try and get into the Premier League and it won't be before time either and finally, do you think Marcelo Bielsa is the man to take Leeds United back to the Premier League and do you think he'll be this season? Uh, as I say, I think he's got an opportunity. I think he's the right man at the right time. Uh, I certainly think it's a massive coup for the football club to get Bielsa in uh, over the summer. Obviously, they've gone from Paul Heckingbottom to Marcelo Bielsa and sometimes you have to take a step back and think, wow, has that really happened? I certainly think he's the man to take us to the next level. As I say, recruitment is now key. Uh, for Leeds United they've got to get it right in January because if you look back last January they bought in Lons de Bock and Adam Forshaw Forshaw will be a great signing so certainly this season uh, de Bock's obviously been shipped out and probably wasn't the best of signings I think if they can get the recruitment right in January I know Angus Kinnear is working with the recruitment team uh, at the moment to try and get the right players and identify the right players to come in they have an opportunity and why not it's a centenary next year uh, and it, what an opportunity it would be to uh, to get into the Premier League in the centenary year. It's full of praise there for Marcelo Bielsa, and boys, he really has got Leeds United playing some fantastic football, hasn't he? Well, Leeds come into the season with all the hype as soon as he sort of got announced, didn't they? So, I mean, I've been impressed with what I've seen in terms of like how exciting the, the football is and the amount of chances they create, but the inability to just... You know, get find that last minute goal or to go out and win games. I think will definitely trouble them come the last stages. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a fantastic move though bringing Marcel uh, Bielsa in. Um, obviously, it's cost him a bit of money to bring in, um, but he's got all this European experience between like Athletic Bilbao and Lazio and things like that. Um, I think it's only going to be great good for Leeds. I think it's only going to be good for the Championship as a whole because some of his stature will bring eyes to the league, and yeah. that obviously brings money too. Yeah, so. I mean, like you know, it's unbelievable. He said it in interview, uh, going from Paul Heckingbottom to Marcelo Bielsa, who in 2012 got to the Europa League final with Atletico Bilbao beating Manchester United on the way there. It's, it's incredible how Leeds United have been able to pull, um, you know, a, a guy like Marcelo Bielsa into the club, and you know, they finished 13th last season as well. So, you know, they, they must have put their hand, put their hand in the pocket and. Uh, some money out to uh, give him but it, it tells you as well now, how big the championship is now doesn't it I mean personally I think Leeds would be the only team that he would sort of consider in the championship but when you when you look down the table I mean Middlesbrough are a, are a big club you've got Forrest who you know won the European Cup back in the day you've got the two Sheffield teams like it's 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 so tough like I mean when you look who's in the Premier League as well you get your likes of your Brighton and your Bournemouth you know they're not exactly traditional uh, powerhouses or, or anything like that. So I would personally like to see someone like Leeds carry on the form that they're going and, and go up into the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be a great, uh, fantastic thing for the region as well for Yorkshire to have Leeds go into the Premiership. Also, going to bring sort of uh, tourism and trade into the area as well. And let's let's not forget how long have Leeds been outside of the Premier League now, and like how long have fans been waiting for them to get back into that? And over fourteen years, it's it's, it's going to reward the, reward the fans, yeah. I think, for their um, for staying loyal and staying with the club. And, and staying patient as well, you know. You've, you know, a, a club, you know, the size of Leeds United as well. You know, you I think Will said it as well. You know, a lot of people would like to see a club like Leeds United back into the Premier League. It needs something as a Premier League, and the uh, Marcelo Bielsa certainly looks to. Um, we have the course to do that. Uh, he also mentions as well, you know, last season, Leeds United, they were top of the table at one point and, of course, fell off, finished 13th. Uh, but he says that it's a different kettle of fish this season. It really is as well, isn't it? You know, I think Marcel Bielsa, you know, you look at the past few coaches, Paul Heckingbottom, uh, Thomas Christensen, no, these are players, these are managers who have come in and, you know, the players aren't going to respect them off the bat because they don't know who they are. 
But Marcelo Bielsa, what he's done and, and achieved in football, and you know the praise he's got from people such as Pep Guardiola, Mauricio Pochettino, uh, players are going to respect him, you know, straight off the bat. So I think you know he, he does uh, bring more strictness to Leeds United, really, doesn't he? Well, this is what I'm saying. Leeds got the recruitment, I think, this summer, bang on. Like it didn't have to be players; it was it was the manager. They needed the manager because, like you said, Christensen not not. I mean, he's okay. But uh, Heckingbottom just, it made no sense at the time, I don't think. No, Heckingbottom was like, what, where were Barnsley in League One when like so, someone yeah. at Leeds decided Heckingbottom's the best replace? Like, they were, they it paid half a million for him as well to get him off, yeah. the, off, the, off his contract. So like, Barnes were near the bottom of League One and someone had the bright idea to think, ooh, let's bring him in. It's like, it, do, it doesn't take a genius to see that's not going to work out. You need to yeah. you know, think about it carefully and maybe splash the cash a bit to get a good manager in. Yeah, myself, he's certainly, yeah, you know, like I say, it's just, it's just remarkable. But, you know, they, they are, it's really, really close in the championship. And you'd, we would have, would have expected Legion United to be in a position that Sheffield United have been. You know, there are a few points clear over the top, and they have been. Uh, just too many draws, really, for them. You know, six draws now. I mean, especially at home. Like, the last one out against Forest, they had so many chances. Like, you have to win at home. Yeah. Especially, I mean, Forest are in seventh, so they're not too far behind. Like, it is that close. So Forrest will see that as a as a point gained, whereas I think Leeds will have seen that as two points lost. Yeah, I, th- I think Forrest will definitely see it as a point gain because the only chances they created in the game was their goal, and for the rest of the time they were just time wasting. So you know it's draws like that where they really should turn them into wins. You know Sheffield Wednesday as well, that one or draw absolutely hammered them. Did Leeds United? Yeah. And you know chances that they created they really should have won. Yeah. Let's not forget though last season uh, Leeds went on a huge streak where they had where they got no points or very little yeah. points. At least a draw is a point in a, in, the ch- in a championship. A point's a point, you know. Yeah. A point, like it's well earned. If you get a point in the championship, it's a well earned point. So, yeah. and uh, thank goodness Leeds United scored them all them goals at the start of the season because they they are where they are on goal difference. You know, like I said, they're uh, level on points with Middlesbrough and Norwich, and Norwich City seem to have come out of nowhere as well. Uh, but like I say, it's, it's so tight in the championship. Um, and bottom end of the championship as well, two Yorkshire sides there, Rotherham United and Hull City. Rotherham United 21st, two points from safety, which you'd expect really. Uh, Rotherham with budget that there one, you'd expect them to uh, be around there. Uh, but you've also got Hull City as well. You know, they went Premier League a few seasons ago and they're second from bottom in 23rd, two points from safety. Uh, they may look to build on a 1-0 win uh, at Bolton at the weekend, but they've got West Brom next, so it will be easy for them and they look to be... Uh, on the way down to League One, and speaking of which, uh, moving down to League One, I think the story that we got to focus on, the team that we got to focus on, is Bradford City, isn't it? Bottom of the league after 16 games, just 10 points, four points from safety, and a 4-0 loss, uh, hammering away at Gillingham at the weekend, made it 12 losses this season. They're in some real trouble, aren't they? I think Bradford are on these teams. You've got to look at as for the past three or four seasons, they'd been on apart from by last season. They've been on that, just on the edge of going up into the championship, and because they've not seized that opportunity, it's allowed other teams, such as Gillingham and uh, other teams in League One, to really play catch up. And now they're struggling; like they can't, they can't keep up. Um, we went to Bradford last season, of course, here play against MK Dons towards the end of the season, and they were in ninth, and fans were unhappy with ninth, and they were still in playoff contention at that point. But this season, they've just they fell off completely, haven't they? Yeah, I, th- I think it's like you know they. Two seasons ago, you cast my mind back to two seasons ago, they wouldn't play a final. And it's just they haven't built on anything. You know, they're sacked. Um, you know, they sacked uh, the manager. Who was it again? <laughs> uh, they had Simon Grayson. Anyway, and they should have built on that from last season. Uh, of course, they didn't. And uh, now at the bottom of the league, it's, it's not 
it's not good, is it, Will? Well, five league losses in a row, I think, tells you everything. I mean, they, we were just talking about how well Leeds got their recruitment right over the summer. Bradford got it completely wrong. I mean, the appointment of Michael Collins just made zero sense. <laughs> Nobody saw it coming at all. He's a guy with no managerial experience, was playing in the National League last season. Exactly. If, 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 you, if you want to be taken seriously as a football club and have set high expectations, you need somebody who's in charge, who knows what they're doing. And he just had no clue. And the size of Bradford City as well, you'd expect him to, you know, get a better manager than that in all respects. Yeah, well, I mean, they've got Bradford's got money to spend. They get quite good attendances, so they've got ticket money and stuff to spend. So I'm surprised they maybe didn't look, look to go and find someone like Paul Cook or, um, you know, Gary Caldwell, someone like that to sort of bring in someone with a bit even, of experience. Even someone like Heckingbottom would have would have I think yeah. done a good job in yeah. League One. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Mike Collins as well, he's already been sacked. We're already on the second manager uh, of the season, and it's David Hopkin now. Uh, but five losses in a, five league losses in a row now, so he, he could be out on his way as well soon, couldn't he? Oh, he's, he's, they need the January transfer window so bad. They need to make some uh, good acquisitions and hopefully find someone that's a, a solid defender, but also someone's going to be you know get, get another ten, fifteen goals this season. Well, I think that's the problem. Like especially when we were saying about how they've always just been there or thereabouts, but then they've not gone up. When you do that, you're going to lose your best players. So they've lost Naki Wells, who's, who was a guaranteed 15 to 20 goals. They just lost Charlie White this season, 15 to 20 goals. But they've not brought anyone in. So in January, they, they have to get it spot on. They have, they have zero errors to make. Yeah, it's not looking good for them. And five league losses in a 4-0 loss away at Gillingham in their last game. And they've got Portsmouth at home this weekend, who are top of the league. It does not get any easier for them, does it? Oh, n- no, they're, they're going to have to hope for a miracle, I think. The crowd are really going to have to be the 12th man there. Going to have to really give them a good kick up the arse and get them, get them going. Yeah, well, they haven't really been getting big crowds this season because they, they don't agree with the owner and chairman of the, of the club. He doesn't seem to have the club's best interest at heart. So, uh, you know, Bradford City really struggling this season. Uh, but we'll move on. No Yorkshire sides in uh, League Two. So that gives us the opportunity to move down into the National League. And of course, two Yorkshire sides in the National League, Havoc Town in a fifth place and in the playoffs, 33 points. They're looking good this season there. They could be on course for playoffs, couldn't they? Well, they come out of nowhere because they won the playoff from the National League North against Bradford Park Avenue and at the time they were only part-time and they've had a massive investment this season and I must say some of the shocks that they've pulled off has been incredible so I think it's quite rightly deserved where they are in the league at the moment yeah I mean like they're above teams like Chester looking down from league two you know they're quite a few places above them and they're outperforming them and I wouldn't be shocked to see them maybe in playoff contention at the end of the season to go up. Yeah, they certainly look like they're going to be in uh, playoff contention. And, you know, as Will said as well, they've gone full time, which, you know, step in the right direction. I remember I interviewed a former Legion United player, Ben Parker, and uh, I interviewed him two years ago, and that was at the time when he was playing for Havoc at Town. And he was telling me that they're going to go full time. And I was like, you know, that's it's such a big step for an old league side, but it's a good step as well. It's a step that shows that the club are wanting to take that next big step and go up and then go into the football league eventually. Um, so Havgate Town, they're looking really good. Uh, but we want to focus on Halifax Town. Uh, Halifax Town, they, they did look good at the start of the season, uh, but the miles off the playoffs now, um, on terrible form at the moment as well. They haven't won a league game since a 1-0 win over Gateshead at the end of August. On <laughs> terrible form, uh, and since then they've drawn six and lost four in the league, and a one-nil loss at home to Eastley in the last game. Um, you know, it's not in great form either. It's just fallen apart. The season has is just completely fallen apart, and I think now they're they're too far back. I mean, personally, I think they're too good 
to sort of be worried about dropping down. But it's it's so tough in the National League at the top of the table that I think they've just they they have to like the only chance is to go on like a, maybe a ten game winning streak. Yeah. And yeah, I can't see yeah. that happening. But the problem that Halifax have had is not just unique to them as well. We saw Chesterfield go on a good good winning streak at the start of the season, and they've had the same same problem. They've uh, the last one they had was in the cup. They've not had a league win since yeah. September or something like that. So it's it's not a unique thing to Halifax. I think other teams are probably. Know, facing the same sort of thing, but I don't, like Will said, I don't think they're real, you know, real relegation trouble mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah, and Will, you do work for Halifax Town, don't you? Yeah, I do the commentary for them on a on a match day. We do also like the post game interviews and stuff. Uh, and I spoke to the chairman David Bossomwith uh, just before they played Chesterfield live on BT Sport. That was on non-league day, and this is what he had to say. So I'm joined by uh, David Bossomworth. David, uh, today your team takes on Chesterfield live on BT Sport. Firstly, are you looking forward to the game? Yeah, we're looking forward to the game. I think always when you've had a slightly poorer run of results, we've had quite a few uh, losses and draws back-to-back. I think there are a few nerves around and obviously added to that with the cameras being here today. So on two levels, I think you hope in one uh, that it's a good game for the cameras and a good game obviously for the fans. Uh, And on the other side of it is we can come out with a 5-4 win and uh, everybody's happy. Yeah, so do you think that the National League and obviously the club are finally getting the coverage that they deserve? Well, uh, a really difficult question that because a lot of sensitivities around the revenue generation uh, the pot that goes down to the football clubs uh, and, and and in particular you know the distribution you know I think for for, to, for day the home club gets £6,000 and the away club gets £2,000 but uh, in terms of coverage look we're delighted that BT Sport are involved uh, with the National League and, and let's hope that uh, more revenues come down to this level uh, there's some relatively big clubs in the National League this year. Why do you think it, that so many clubs who come down from League 2 struggle to go straight back up immediately? I think two or threefold. I think the uh, reaction of uh, being relegated from uh, the Football League uh, is quite uh, significant. You know, it's, it uh, it means that the club's probably been on a poor spiral. We've got the likes of Stockport County, York City in the league below that, you know, have now failed to get themselves back up. And even someone like the resources of a Wrexham who get gates of four and 5,000 uh, find it very difficult. Yeah, so do you think then the National League in, in all of English football is the highest? division to get out of it, it, it's a horrendously difficult league because obviously certain clubs are bankrolled uh, certain clubs have huge gates so they, they generate revenue that way and 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 it is an extremely tough league because there's only one automatic and one through the playoffs uh, there's long been a, a call to make it three up and uh, uh, three down uh, from League Two, uh, but I think the phrase is that the turkeys don't vote for Christmas. So I think it's probably going to stay at two up, two down for a while anyway. Yeah. Uh, and finally, what would it mean to yourself, the the club, the fans, the town, if Halifax made it back to the football league? Well, I mean, obviously this club, playing semantics here, but this club hasn't been in the Football League, uh, but obviously Halifax Town AFC uh, was and has been. Um, so uh, from that perspective, it would be a big first for us, and that would be fantastic off the back of, obviously, the first win at Wembley as well in 100 years of Halifax football. So, um, But it would be a massive achievement, and it would have a major impact on, on the town because, um, you know, the rugby clubs probably had difficult times and they're no longer in Super League and, and the town does need something to shout about and uh, and that's why we need the crowds uh, to help us generate revenue to be able to, uh, you know, progress.
Well, some interesting points there to to go over. Um, of course, they get TV coverage now, which is uh, great to see. Um, but he also said as well, you said in the interview as well, quite a lot of teams who have come down from Football League are finding it so hard to get it back up. So it is a tough league, isn't it? I mean, look at the teams, Leighton Orient, Hartlepool. York. York. I mean, York are even in the league below. And then you've got Chesterfield who are struggling. It's... I would say on par maybe, maybe a little bit below the championship in terms of if you want to go into the Football League because, I mean, everybody wants that so badly in that league. Mm. Yeah, it is a difficult league and uh, you know, Halifax to get promoted, it, it would mean so much to them, you know, to get back into the Football League. <laughs> but that whistle means that that's all the time we got for uh, in this episode. But thank you very much for listening to this episode of the podcast and also thank you to uh, Kevin and Will for... Uh, joining me it's been fun hasn't it yeah it's been yeah, it's fantastic good. mate don't forget to uh, give a like rating and subscribe to this podcast or whatever you need to do uh, share it as well but for now it is to half from us